0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media Thanks to the generosity of our supporters Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily Please make your donation today at vision.org.au
1: Are we getting shaken right now by God? America, this is your wake-up call
0: And the same applies to Australia. Like a fire alarm rouses us from our sleep, Pastor Greg Laurie says, we need to respond to the alarms.
1: And I think all the things that are happening in our culture right now are a wake-up call. I would include the coronavirus, what has happened in our economy, the social upheaval that we're seeing right now. All of these things are a wake-up call. And God is saying, turn to me. Look to me. This is the day when the lost are found.
0: who can sleep through anything. Maybe a storm, an earthquake, a siren or an alarm. Sometimes what you need to do is give them a shake and pry them loose from their slumber. Well, on A New Beginning Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that it seems that the church will sometimes sleep through anything. Oh, we might be aware of that pandemic or unrest and all the rest of it, but God wants us to stand up and speak out with God's antidote to the ills being faced here in Australia too.
1: have any hope in America? Is there anything we can do as followers of Jesus to help our nation turn in the right direction? I think the answer is a resounding yes, and it's found in the words of Jesus right here in Matthew chapter 5. Starting in verse 13, he says, you are the salt Of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing but to be thrown down and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do you light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father which is in heaven. So we want to be salt. Salt effectively earns us the right to be light. Let me explain. You see, salt back in its day was something of great value. And in fact, Roman soldiers would sometimes be paid in salt. Hence the term, oh, he's not worth his salt. Salt was valuable Uh, salt was something that stopped the the spread of rotting in meat. They would cut the meat up in strips and, and they would embed salt in it so it could be preserved. This was before refrigeration. And in the same way, that's what we should be doing as followers of Jesus Christ. You know, it's Christians that stop the spread of evil in our culture today. It's Christians that are out there doing good works, helping people who are in need. If they believe as we believe or not, that's what it means to be salt out in our culture today. And another thing that salt does is it stimulates thirst. And if you 're really living for Jesus as you ought to and being the salt of the earth, you will stimulate in others a desire to know God. now let 's contrast it to salt and light. Salt is hidden. light is obvious. Have you ever been in a theater and someone pulls out their phone and they check their messages or they 're looking at social media? I mean, you can be really far from them, but it lights up so Light really makes a difference in a dark place. So salt is hidden the more subtle. Light is obvious. Salt works secretly. Light works openly. Salt works from within. Light from without. Salt more the indirect influence of the gospel while light is its more direct communication. So what I'm saying is if I'm salting, if I'm living as I ought to live as a follower of Jesus, it effectively earns the right for me to let my light shine before others. And one thing that light does is it exposes the darkness. In John 3:19, Jesus says, "This is the condemnation. Light is coming to the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. Everyone who is evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest their deeds be exposed. So have you ever wondered why it is that you'll say to someone, why don't you uh, come with me to church? No, I don't want to do that. Hey, why don't you come over to our house and watch Harvest at Home? What's well, Harvest at Home? Well, it's a church service. Uh, no, I don't want to do that. Well, let me read to you a verse on the Bible. Put that thing away. No, I just want to read you a verse. I don't want to even want to hear it. Why? Because you just shined a spotlight into a dark place. And the reason people don't want to come to the light, the reason people don't want to have this conversation about Jesus is they don't want to change their lifestyle. So the light does expose the darkness. But at the same time, the light also shows the way out of the darkness. You know, when I travel and I'm in a hotel room, uh, I will uh, leave a light on, usually in the bathroom. case I need to go there in the middle of the night because it's unfamiliar territory that you're navigating and you don't want to trip and fall. So the light helps you find your way through the darkness. If you're in a dark hallway, the exit signs are always lit up. Even in movie theaters, they're lit up so you can find your way out. And so the Lord will shed light so we can find our way out of the darkness and find our way to Him. And so I ask you right now, Are you being salt and light in the world that God has called you into? The title of my message is, America, this is your wake-up call. And I think all the things that are happening in our culture right now are a wake-up call. I would include the coronavirus. I would include what has happened in our economy. I would include the social upheaval that we're seeing right now. All of these things are a wake-up call. And God is saying, turn to me, look to me. America, this is your wake up call. I was in Alaska some years ago with a friend of mine, and uh, so I decided to play a little prank on him. I noticed the little food trays in front of different rooms, you know, from room service, the food that had been eaten already. So I took two or three of these trays and put them in front of my friend's door, and then knocked on the door, and he came out and saw the trays. That was my prank. So what he does, he takes an entire picture off the wall and puts it in front of my door. It was so big I couldn't even get out of my door. I said, okay, game on. So I was leaving that night and he was staying one more night. So I called down to the front desk and I said hi and I I did say I was in his room. Uh, This is Mr., his name is Richie Furet. I said, Mr. Furet in room 204 and I need two wake up calls tomorrow morning. I need one at four o'clock and I need one at five o'clock. And so I caught my plane the next day, forgot all about it. He calls me later on and he says, do you know what happened? I said, no. He said, first of all, my phone rang at four in the morning. I knew it was you doing a prank so I didn't answer the phone. Suddenly there's a pounding on my door and some guy actually comes in my room and is shaking me, waking me up because he's afraid I'll miss my wake up call. I said, something's just go perfectly, don't they? Listen, are we getting shaken right now by God? And the Lord is saying, this is your wake-up call. Pay attention to what I'm saying to you. How many more calamities do we need where we will just turn to the Lord? And I might be talking to somebody who is having their personal wake-up call. Maybe you've had a close brush with death recently, Maybe you just met with your doctor and he gave you some bad news. Maybe your spouse came to you and said they're done with the marriage. Maybe one of your kids is rebelling or they're on drugs or they're having problems. Maybe there's some other conflict in your life. You've been terminated from your employment. Whatever it is, it's something that's just gotten your attention. Well, when the rug is pulled out from under you and you're laying on your back, look up. Look up and call on God. America needs to do that. And listen, you need to do that. We all need to do that. The Bible says, call on the Lord while he may be found. And the Lord is here right now, ready to come into your life.
0: You're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in California, USA. And he says God wants us to stand up and speak out with his antidote for the ills being faced. Let's continue with this message. It's called, This is Your Wake-Up Call. He's speaking about his nation, yet it's relevant to us here in Australia as well.
1: I believe the Lord could turn our nation around. There is a precedent for this in the Bible. It's a story of the spiritual awakening that took place in the city of Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, which was the superpower of its day. But God was about to judge him. But he sent a man to warn them. And the man's name was Jonah. Of course, Jonah didn't want to go. And you know why Jonah didn't want to go? Because he was a racist. He hated the Ninevites. See, as a patriotic Israelite, he didn't want to go preach the gospel to the Ninevites because they were the enemies of Israel. So he reasoned, well, if I don't preach to them, uh, they will not be spared by God and God will judge them and that will be one less enemy we have to deal with. But God wanted him to overcome his prejudice and overcome his racist thinking and go to these people. And he actually got in a boat going the opposite direction. You know the story. And the Lord sent a great storm and he was thrown overboard and he was swallowed by a great fish. And, and the gut of that sea creature. He came to his senses and got right with God and was regurgitated on the shores of Nineveh. And it wasn't a very hopeful message. Jonah reluctantly, he didn't even want to do it, walked through the streets of Nineveh and simply said, 40 days in Nineveh will be overthrown. But much to the shock of Jonah, the city repented. Even the king repented. And so the Lord spared them from the judgment that was coming upon them. So what did he have to do? He had to do what God called him to do. So listen to this thought. If God could bring a mighty revival in Nineveh with no better representative than Jonah and no more gospel than he preached, surely he could do the same for America. Is there any hope for our nation? I think there is. I think there's three practical steps we can take as followers of Jesus. Number one, we need to infiltrate, not isolate. We need to be both salt and light because God has indeed dropped us behind enemy lines. We are not to evade, as I said earlier, but invade living the Christian life and looking for opportunities to share our faith. Number two, we need to pray. We need to pray for our nation. I've quoted this verse to you many times, but it's still relevant. Second Chronicles 7:14: "If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then the Lord promises, I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land." Yes, we would like to see our land healed. We would like to see America return to her Christian roots, her Judeo roots. We would like to see America turn to the Lord, and that can happen, but we need to pray. But isn't it interesting that we're told there in scripture that we as his people need to pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. Are there any wicked ways you need to be turning from right now, even as a follower of Jesus Christ? So number one, we need to go out into our culture and we need to be salt and light. Number two, we need to pray. And third and lastly, we need to preach the gospel. America needs to hear the gospel. America needs to see the gospel. It's interesting going back to what Jesus said there in Matthew 5 when he says you are the light of the world it could better be translated you and you alone are the light of the world there's actually an emphasis on the fact that we are his representative we are the one that others are looking to let me ask you a question what if every christian lived as you live what if you were the sole representative of Jesus Christ on this earth, would there be enough gospel in your life for people to believe, enough saltiness to stimulate and them a thirst, enough light for them to find their way out of the darkness and put their faith in Jesus Christ? I hope so, because this is the message we need to give to others. And this is the message I wanna close with, because I keep saying gospel, gospel, gospel. And you're thinking, what does that even mean? It means good news, Right? And here it is. God loves you. God loves you so much, he sent his son to die on a cross for you. You say, well, why did he have to do that? Because you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're sinful by nature. The Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And there is not one righteous, no, not one. We could compare it to a a game of archery. Because one of the definitions of sin is to miss the mark. So God has set a mark for all of humanity, and the mark is perfection. So you fire your 10 arrows. And let's say that all 10 of your arrows come close to the bullseye, but one goes off. Okay, so you miss the mark. Now let's say that I fire my 10 arrows, and all of my arrows don't even hit the mark at all. Well, maybe you hit it more than I hit it, but the point is we all miss it. And the Bible says if you offend in one point of the law, you're guilty of all of it. We've all sinned. That's the bad news. The good news is God has sent a solution. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for our sin, the Bible says. And then he rose again from the dead. And if I'll turn from that sin, I can be forgiven. That's the good news I have for you right now. You can be forgiven of all of your sin. And you know what? When God forgives sin, he also forgets it. Now, I don't mean that the Lord has a lapse in memory. But what I'm saying is the Lord chooses to not hold your sin against you any longer. The Bible says, God speaking, there are sins and iniquities while I remember no more. As Corey Tinboom Boom once said, God takes our sin, throws it into the sea of forgetfulness, and posts a sign that says, no fishing allowed. Your sin can be behind you. Your sin can be a part of your past, not a part of your present. I'm not implying you won't sin, but I'm saying the guilt and penalty of that sin can be removed. And then you can know you'll go to heaven when you die. Do you have that hope right now? What if you were to die today or tonight? Where would you spend eternity? You might say, well, no one can know these things. Yeah, actually you can. I know when I die, I will go to heaven. How do I know that? Because God has made a promise. Jesus said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If I believe in Jesus, and I do, I can know that I have everlasting life. Not hope to have it, I know I have it, and you can have it as well. It's a gift. And if you want a gift, you reach out and accept the gift. And God is offering you the gift of eternal life right now if you will believe in Him. Would you like to receive it? Listen, this may be your wake-up call. Right here, right now. The moment where you can pass from darkness to light. The moment where you can change your eternal address from hell to heaven. You say, "Ah, oh, hell? You believe in that? Oh, yes, I do. Jesus spoke more about hell than all the other preachers and the Bible put together. And the last thing God in heaven wants is for any man or woman made in his image to spend eternity separated from him in hell. Hell wasn't made for people. It was made for the devil and his angels. God wants you to go to heaven. But he's not going to force you. He's not going to say, get up to heaven right now, young man. No, it's a gift. You have to accept the gift. And then you can receive the wonderful blessing that comes with it. So in a moment I'm gonna pray and I'm going to extend an invitation for any of you right now, wherever you are, to put your faith in Jesus. Some of you are sitting in a house. Some of you are sitting in a park or on a beach. Some of you are driving in a car. Wherever you are, I want you to know this. Jesus Christ is right there with you ready to come into your life and forgive you of all of your sin. All you have to do is open that door and ask him to come in and be your Savior and your Lord. Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if you'll hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Pray these words if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I know that you are the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. Now, Jesus, I choose to follow you. From this moment forward, be my Savior and my Lord. Be my God and friend. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer with those making a change in their relationship with God today. And if you were amongst those who've prayed that prayer today, we'd love to help you to begin to grow in your new faith. We'd love to send you some resource materials called our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and help you get started right. So just get in touch and ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. The team would also love to pray with you. That's one 800 Seven seven two nine three six. 936 Well what are the essential truths that every believer should know? Pastor Greg has a good answer to that in fact he has a brand new series called Essentials which begins next time. I hope you can join us. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called This Is Your Wake Up Call. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast. Or for a copy on CD, contact Vision Christian Store on 1800 00 50 11 or visionstore.org.au